I think our biggest issues in the beginning were kind of trying to duplicate efforts and duplicate tasks and roles and not really having a clear cut um, line in the sand of where we both operate best in the business. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honest E-Commerce. I'm your host, Chase Clymer. And I'm welcoming to the show today, not one, but two amazing guests. They're coming to me from Cloth and Paper. Ashley and Ryan Reynolds are the co-founders over there and both play an integral part in keeping analog planning at the forefront of the modern consumer. Ryan, Ashley, welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Yeah, Thanks for having us. Awesome. All right. So quickly, for those that are unfamiliar with cloth and paper, what are the types of products that you guys are currently selling? Uh, we currently sell customized planning solutions for the modern paper lover. Uh, so think leather binders uh, that we and we provide you with all of the inserts and accoutrements to personalize your planning routine or your planning style. Awesome. Awesome. So take me back in time. Where did the idea for this business come from? Ooh, well, <laughs> all the way back in 2015, uh, kind of was in this hiatus between having uh, a corporate job and, you know, just not working at the time. And I've always grown up and I was an entrepreneur from an early age. Um, even Ryan and I, our first date was we went to a car, car auction together to find a car to flip when we were 17 years old. So we've been very entrepreneurial from a very young age. Um, and I really took that hi- hiatus to really look at like, what could I build? What could I create um, from a product standpoint of something that I really would love? And then it Fast forward to now, eight years later, it's turned into this kind of brand. <laughs> awesome. Walk me through kind of that ideation period of where you were thinking about building this kind of, you know, paper inserts, these planners, these, you know, this type of business. Did you do any kind of market research or validation back then to see if this was a good idea? Like a lot of entrepreneurs, it starts from a place of need, right? So um, back then, when I actually started, uh, creating planning supplies, there was nothing on the market that quite fits my aesthetic, my uh, my style. And so um, I was actually on the hunt, cruising through the, the, the aisles of Target. And it was just like all these florally over the top neon unicorn planners. And I'm like, I'm in my 30s. Like I can't, I can't walk into a meeting with a unicorn um, floral over the top planner. And so um, actually left the tar- Target with nothing, went home and immediately start creating my own planner on Microsoft Word. Um, and so <laughs> you wouldn't do that now as a designer. You definitely wouldn't create any kind of graphic uh, in Microsoft Word. But that was the the tool that I knew at the time. And that's the one that was I was most comfortable with. So I went in there. I made uh, my first kind of planner layout, as the community would call it, in Word. And... Um, actually stumbled across a couple of communities online in my planning for um, for a, my job search. And I stumbled across like a planner community online and I started showing people how I was planning using the inserts that I had created. And then it really created this interest from the community. And people quickly started asking me, well, where did you get that? How can I get that? And then that's kind of how everything kind of started. 
Uh, you're making this so easy to ask follow-up questions. <laughs> so, so where did you get it? You you designed your own thing in 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 lovely Microsoft Office. Did you just print it out on your own printer? What would you do? I did. I printed it out on my computer. It was like an A5 document size that I had created. So, if anyone doesn't know A5 size, it's just like it's not the full size sheet of a paper. So I sat sat there and like cut it out and did the whole thing and punched holes in it and then put it into a binder. And that was my system that I was using. Um, until I really learned how to like polish it and perfect it. So that's amazing. And that was actually one of our first inserts that I actually sold. And it stayed on our website for probably the first year, year and a half in business. And then quickly learned that I can't really build a business off of a Microsoft Word um, kind of document there. So that first template you built, you actually turned around and sold that template? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Walk me through how it went from people in the community being interested in what you do to you being like, I think I have a business here. We should sell this stuff. It was actually Ryan pushing me there. He started to see that I was kind of getting busier. He's like, what is, what do you have going on? Like you're always, you know, online and saw that I was kind of like diddling and like doing things and printing things out and sending them to people. And I was telling him about this community that I found online. He's like, I think you really have something. Um, and so I started kind of, you know, maybe, maybe I do. Um, and so I actually kind of, he said, okay, let's look at what we can do here. He actually like, oh, at that time, because we, we were a single income out household, I kind of had to put together a presentation of how I could build this business for him and like how I could grow it. And I was like, okay, let me focus on doing this and not get a regular job. And we actually bet each other, hey, that if you could create, if you could um, generate $8,000 of revenue in your first month, then I'll let you keep up with this. And <laughs> that first month, I surpassed the $8,000 in revenue. And so we've been doing it ever since. That's amazing. I, I definitely want to get into that first month, but I think we've got a, a few things along the way. So you're going to start taking this more seriously. You're going to actually sell these things. And you've obviously got this captive audience that you've built along the way. Um, how did you go about doing your first product launch? What tools did you use? How did you market it to, you know, obviously we have the community, but how did you get any interest from outside of that? What was that kind of go to market strategy? My entire focus was the community the whole entire time. Those were the people that were the interests. I was also part of the community because I, so I felt like I know how to talk to them the best. And so all of my initial marketing and everything were done through those community pages, whether it be on Facebook or uh, through my own Instagram that I had created that was geared towards his community. And that's really how I marketed the product is just me using the product out of honesty, because that was really how I built up the initial interest was me actually using the product and showcasing it online. So my whole marketing strategy, I didn't really know that's what it was at the time, was just me showing them how I was using those inserts and the planner at that time. And that's what really kind of built my following and customer base. What about the way you sold the product? Was it originally a one-time purchase or did you launch as a subscription? Let's dive a little bit deeper there. Yeah. So it originally started as a one-time purchase. Um, I I didn't know a ton about you know the recurring sales and lifetime value and all that stuff during that time. But um, Ryan quickly kind of helped me <laughs> get get the hang of all of that. And so um, my first initial product was just a one-time purchase because I didn't really understand how I need to, how I needed to generate recurring revenue at that time. Um, so I was doing a lot of things by hand. So printing everything by hand, cutting it out by hand, and then shipping it to them. So 
now, of course, I don't do any of that. Um, we've kind of automated a lot of that. So, but in the beginning, I was definitely doing everything by hand and just focusing on those one-time orders um, because I wasn't really thinking kind of big picture at that time. Absolutely. And this is back in 2015. Yes. Awesome. So you have this first month and it goes great. Uh, you surpass both of your expectations. I, what, what, what's happening from there? How does it start to scale? And when does Ryan start to join the picture? Yeah, no, I think Ashley ran with it, um, you know, for about a year or so and, you know, building, building the business. I mean, she did an awesome job at, you know, building out, uh, the site by herself. So she built out WordPress by herself and really just like bootstrapped the entire thing and built it up. And just to kind of clarify, like when she's talking about like communities, like that was like such a core and kind of interesting part of our industry of like, there's just supportive, like super supportive tight knit groups on Facebook or Instagram and that sort of thing. And we're really able to build the business around that and gain traction. So, um, so yeah, so, you know, she was really ramping up like every day shipping, I'll say dozens of orders out of our apartment. And, you know, I would come out from work and, and just start to, you know, jump right in and, and help her on that side. Um, so the subscription side, you know, that was kind of phase two and really started to build out the business uh, from there and layering in the subscription piece of the business. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not sure we answered the question there. But the subscription piece actually came from um, once we actually started getting this traction, we're like, okay, we need to have more than just like these one-time products. And so we started purchasing from other retailers thinking that that would be a great strategy to go like grow because we're going to now stock these retailers that people are familiar with their names and it's just not them relying on like the cloth and paper product that I was creating at the time. And so we found we quickly found out that our customer base didn't want anything to do with the with the products that they could get from any other online retailer or um another brand that they could pick up at Target. So um the subscription box actually came from us having a surplus of those products that we found our customer just wasn't purchasing of those retail brands. And that's how the idea came from. I just needed to find a quick way to get rid of those products so that I can just focus all in on designing cloth and paper products. Absolutely. And that subscription box did that, you know, using it as a way to liquidate old inventory is a fantastic idea for anyone listening, by the way, just want to put that out there. Uh, did did that model shift though as you started to run out of those uh, other people's products? Is what I'll call them. Yeah, <laughs> we quickly as soon as we ran out. I think that lasted us maybe uh, three months. Quickly after that, we focused on just our own product, and from then we just never shifted from that. And that has contributed a lot to our growth because you know when you're creating something on your own, your margins are a lot stronger. Than if you're paying 50% retail to a retailer and then you're having to build from there. So, um, yeah, it was just a great way to kind of protect our margins, grow our revenue, our bottom line, and uh, continue to grow the business. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to take a few moments to talk about a partnership we've had at the agency for years. Electric Eye and Recharge have been partners for longer than I can remember. Recharge is our go-to solution for clients when it comes to subscriptions. At Electric Eye, we know the ins and outs of Recharge. For example, we've set up replenishment subscriptions for consumables, created countless subscribe and save campaigns, and most recently, we got a client into a Recharge beta program to utilize Recharge's dynamic bundling solution for subscriptions. We've partnered with Recharge to solve subscription, loyalty, and membership for a div diverse range of clients spanning industries like food and beverage, automotive, supplements, CPG, and beauty. 
Not only is Recharge an incredible partner, they've been paving the way for subscription solutions longer than anyone else in the game. The product is unmatched, giving them a massive advantage against the competition. Clients often come to us because they've struggled to find agencies that truly understand how to harness the power of Recharge. We're not just familiar, we're bona fide Recharge experts. It's one of our specialties. It's a pain point we're happy to solve. As a top tier Recharge expert, we have unparalleled access to support and resources that ensure we'll have a successful outcome. We stay appraised of all their new feature releases and compatibilities, bundling, memberships, flows, you name it, we know it. So. If subscriptions, memberships, or loyalty are on your to-do list and you're ready to have it done, just let us know. Visit electriceye.io slash recharge today to learn more about how we can tailor Recharge's robust product to your specific needs. That's E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Y-E dot I-O slash R-E-C-H-A-R-G-E. Let the experts at Electric Eye get it done the right way the first time. Join the ranks of our satisfied clients who partnered with us and recharged to harness recurring revenue within their business. All right, I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again, free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit Sendlane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's Sendlane.com slash honest. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe your the first iteration of the subscription, was that launched on CrateJoy? It was. It was launched on CrateJoy. Yeah, we were there for a very long time. <laughs> it was just as of late that we've kind of switched platforms and now are on Recharge. Absolutely. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, launching on a platform like CrateJoy and why you made the choice to switch to something that you had a little bit more control over. Ryan's the systems guy. I'll let him answer that. <laughs> you know, I would say we started on CrateJoy because it was easy. And for anyone looking for something easy or a subscription platform that is easy, it was like I would recommend CrateJoy as a standalone product like all day long. Um, but the problem is, is like subscriptions are 35 or 40 percent of our business and the uh, and the rest is like a Shopify, just standard e-commerce business. And so we are constantly bouncing to, well, to sell a subscription, we would have to bounce customers off of our Shopify site. And we, we never found another way to do it other than to have two loyalty programs, two discount, two sets of discount codes. Every customer would have two different logins. And it was like from that standpoint, it was a complete nightmare. So that's what fueled the... Um, 
the transition to get onto, you know, a, a more robust app, which we ended up choosing Recharge for that. And I think Ryan made a great point is customer experience is just such a big focus of our brand. And I feel like a big part of what sets us apart. And we needed just a fantastic and seamless customer experience. And like Ryan said, we just needed a single, a single, single sign on a single loyalty program and not putting extra work on our, on our customer. And so that's, you know, what made us switch. It forced our hands here to switch a little bit. Yeah. And that was a little more recent. Um, but I do want to talk, go back up time in just a few years and, 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 you guys had some impressive growth. Now, was this all powered by the community or did you guys start to lean in to some more uh, different types of marketing and advertising channels to capitalize on kind of uh, the explosive growth that you were getting there? Yeah. So for the, for the first three years, um, it was all organic, no paid ads, um, 100% organic, just essentially word of mouth, um, really leveraging social media. Like Instagram has been our bread and butter since day one. Um, and so, yeah, so we ran with that for three years, started to play around with, um, bringing in like a marketing agency. We tried one agency, tried paid ads on our own. Um, so we grew it a hundred percent year over year for our first five years or so. And then when the e-com boom happened, you know, through COVID, we were just, you know, at that point we were growing and just really in a perfect position, um, to grow with you know, that increase in sales. And, you know, so many of our customers are like, our industry is really at its core. It's like based around um, like a very therapeutic experience of being able to like, you know, write down journal documenting. And, you know, I think so many people were kind of looking for that escape throughout, you know, the pandemic. Um, you know, it, it was just, it was a good fit at that time. Um and you know we've been able to to continue on with with that growth and maintain it and um, so yeah. Now was your marketing mix uh, during that growth phase was it pretty traditional like your meta ads maybe some Google and email and SMS? It was only meta ads at that time. We prob on the in the past year and a half, two years is when we really started focusing on Google Ads as a part of our growth engine. Absolutely. Now looking back on these amazing. Eight years. Is there anything that comes to mind as maybe a mistake that you made along the way that you might want our listeners to learn from? How much time do we have left in this interview? Um, lots of mistakes. <laughs> lots of mistakes. But we do have like a very like fail fast rule. It's just like we are young entrepreneurs and, and this is what we love. And so we like to try um, as you know, whatever we come up with. And if it doesn't work, then we're quick to pivot. Um, but I think that is there anything that comes comes to your mind? Tep? Well, yeah. I mean, my my go to for anyone that's looking to start their first business or just starting to have some success, maybe in a side hustle or anything like that, is like the bookkeeper is number one. Like, book, hire the bookkeeper first, you know, and then and then every other thing that you're not the best at. And so, you know, you know, I think you kind of fall into a few different camps is like there's starters and maintainers. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a starter. There's few people, you know, there's some people that are both. Um, but, you know, understand, are you a starter or maintainer in my mind? And then the other thing is like our, our business. And I think most businesses are kind of broken into like products, operations and marketing. And so like, where do you fit best in those three, in one of those three things and start to, 
hire around what you don't do particularly well or don't have your knowledge in. So that's that's my thought is like bookkeeper number one, no matter what. Like don't don't spend your Sundays like I did for years, you know, trying to figure out QuickBooks and keeping up with that. It's just a, a terrible spend of time. And then hire hire what you're not good at, you know, first and keep doing it. And then keeping on the topic of people, I would say uh when you're when you're building a business and it's growing, your first thought is like, let me get as many people to help out as possible. I think it's important to keep a lean business for as long as possible. People don't understand that protecting your margins is such a big part of your company's growth. Although you, you know, you once you grow and you start to invest more into people and you know all of that stuff, but staying lean for as long as possible is really, really the key. And I think that helped us get to where we are as well because we were bootstrapping everything. It was Ryan and I kind of taking on 80 hour, 90 hour weeks because we're like, we want to see this grow. We're going to do as much as we can to really anchor this business in history. And so um, I think that's important to just keep in mind, Just you got to work as hard as possible and sometimes, um, and then try to stay as lean as possible for as, as long as possible. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you guys are co-founders at Cloth and Paper. Can you walk me through about uh, you know how do you guys delineate your roles and how has that evolved over the years? I think early on there was a, a lot of overlap, a lot of um, kind of us, of course, wanting to see the same result and have the same goals that we were kind of both kind of working in the same way towards those same goals. And so we've gotten to a point now where we have our separate responsibilities. We we t- attend our separate meetings and then we can kind of come together at the end of the day and say, hey, this is what happened in my meeting. Um, is there anything you want to share from your day? I think it's important to really kind of separate tasks and focus on what each other does well and not have too much of the overlap. We I think our biggest issues in the beginning were kind of trying to duplicate efforts and duplicate tasks and roles and not really having a clear cut um, line in the sand of where we both operate best in the business. And so now we definitely have that today. Yeah. I always find that co-founders, if, if two people are responsible for one thing, the both both of the people assume the other person's doing it and then it doesn't get done. Right. Yeah. Or or the opposite. Or you're just sleeping on each other's two toes all the time. So yeah. It was never a, an issue of something not getting done. It was always like the other person doing it or both doing it and one person wanted it done one way and the other wanting it done another way. So Absolutely. But um, done is better than perfect, right? <laughs> yes. Agreed. <laughs> awesome. Now, is there anything I didn't ask you about today that you think would resonate with our audience? I don't know. I, I feel like we've touched a lot on the people part. The people part is probably the most important part of just business growth overall. I know I said, I mentioned like staying lean for as long as possible. When you actually start hiring people, really focus on just great quality candidates. Like I would blow my budget on the perfect candidate just to make sure that I was going to have someone that was really qualified that could push the business forward. And I think it's important once you get to that point where you can actually invest in people that you truly are investing in people, whether that be their personal or career growth. Um, but finding the right people for your company and making sure that they fit in your company culture is just so vital. And once you find out or if you make a mistake in hiring and find out those people don't fit in your company culture, moving on quickly so that you don't sacrifice the culture that you've built. Yeah. And I, I think on that point of you know something that... Audience can really take away from there, you know, is uh, 
our big move in 2023 is like we hired uh, essentially a business manager or CEO to, you know, really help us, you know, continue to separate our roles and just unlock kind of that next level of growth and, and bring in more experience. Um, so that's what we're really excited about. And, you know, you add that to the, the list of like must do's or can't do fast enough is to like hire somebody to just like really help you manage your business and bring in skills that you don't have at a, at a, you know, C level. So. That's amazing. And I'm looking forward for the growth that you guys are going to have this year. Now, if I'm listening to this and I'm curious about the products, where should I go? You should go to clothandpaper.com um, to check out all of our product offerings. If you just need help with productivity tools or just uh, want to see how I personally plan, you can check us out at cloth underscore and underscore paper on Instagram and on YouTube. Awesome. Ryan and Ashley, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us, Chase. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes that really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.